seven deadly sins, seven ways to win, seven holy paths to hell, and your trip begins. Seven downward slopes, seven bloodied hopes, seven are your burning fires, seven your desires. Three, two, <laughs> one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you messed it up. I deliberately asked. Stop. I wasn't. I was gonna keep going. Okay. Welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Man Zone, where we are serious about podcasting. <laughs> and as you just heard, I have with me. The flip-flop, thong, horseshite guru, Matthew in Kansas City. Matthew, are you with me? I am with you. How are you? Good. I'm good. Are you a, You're an old-time listener, old-time caller, right? Yeah. Getting close to that. Just, I just feel old-timed, and I've had a couple of big days. Okay. Okay. And also, much to everyone's happiness this week, we have the official historian and translator of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. We have Kirsty in Perth, Australia on the line. Kirsty, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Doing good. <laughs> Doing good. Um, so this week we have uh, 
I don't normally like take fan people. Fo- I don't want to say fan because I'm like people that that we chat with. I don't usually take requests from anybody, and I didn't get a request from anybody. But I got inspired by somebody to <laughs> to do this episode. And what we're going to be doing this week is an album battle. I've only done one or two of these in the past, and it's been a long time, but we're going to be doing an album battle of two Iron Maiden albums that are very highly regarded in the Iron Maiden catalog, both from the, I think, classic era. One of them is 1983's Peace of Mind, the first one with Nico. And the second one is 1988's Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, the last one for a while with uh, Kirsty's secret crush, Adrian Smith. Yeah, right? Not much of a secret. <laughs> not much of a secret. There you go. But before we get into that, because I'm sure it will upset somebody. So, well, let's, should we should we just say a word of warning here? To you know? who? To who exactly? Who needs a word of warning? No, there's going to be, it's not just going to be the one person you're thinking of, and he knows who he is, but, you know, stiff drinks, barf bags, toilets, uh, tissues. medication. Sedatives, maybe. (laughs) Sedatives. What did you say, Kirsty? Blood pressure medication. Blood pressure medication. Exactly. Any of those things. uh, If you use a pacemaker, man, make sure that thing has got the batteries charged. Um, Just... You might need it. I don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're going to be loving everything we say here. But before we get into all that, Matthew, Kirsty, we're going to talk about the music we've listened to in the past week. And I have a feeling that Kirsty has some really special stuff to share with us because she wasn't even here last week, Matthew. So I'm going to let her go first. Okay. I listened to Triple M 90s radio quite a lot. And I heard a bit of Cypress Hill. So I felt like hearing a bit more. So I played Black Sunday. Have you checked out yet, Steve? What, what's the song? Are they the Insane in the Membrane people? Yeah, that's them. Okay. Insane in the Brain! <laughs> that's all I know. Yeah, that's the one. So that was There good. you go. Go ahead. Um, played um, Paradise Lost Obsidian again. I'm still really enjoying them. That's the band that um, Mark recommended. Okay. And um, a little bit of Opeth, too, because I like the song Harvest, um, but I didn't listen to the whole album there. Um, Voyager. This That's week, a surprise. I to D by Voyager. They might be my second favorite band at the minute. Um, you'll know the other band, Steve. I listen to Smith Cotson. I've see, seen um, them live, yeah. Yeah, Richie Cotson's got uh, tour dates coming up in the US this year. Ooh, I have not seen that. Yep, so he's announced a few, and there's more to come as well. So that's interesting. Any Dallas uh, dates? Not your state, not so okay. far, but and um, there was a bit you could request a show. Okay. When you scrolled down and looked through all the states, but yeah, it's going to be at um, Las Vegas again. Oh. If you could okay. get another weekend away. Um, listen to Accident of Birth. Um, I was wrong when I guessed a few months for the Bruce Dickinson album release date because they're still working on it. They said they were going to do some more work in June. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a bit before the uh, Bruce album comes out. Yeah. Yes, you could be right. I was just being optimistic. Well, I I hope we get so long. At least they're doing some work on it. Exactly. You figure something's going to come soon, sooner than later, because they started 
yeah. making some waves about it. And I listened to some Iron Maiden. Well, I watched Live at the Rainbow. And because people have been talking about that a little bit on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That was really good. And I've listened to Seventh Son and Peace of Mind. And Megadeth, so far, so good, so what? I remember that you, album. You might remember. Um, yeah, you seem to <laughs> ask me to listen to it um, for a podcast that we never did. Yeah. And, uh, I listened to it for about several times in a week and got fed up with it, but I'm back onto it now. I I, I had a one song one song from that album pop, popped into my mind this week uh, in my darkest uh, in my darkest hour. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin Four. That's a um, band we don't talk about very often. I think it's possibly because it, they've got two songs about Lord of the Rings on that album. Might not <laughs> be for you. That's not why and I don't it, talk about them, but. <laughs> and another <laughs> band we don't talk about much deep purple perfect strangers that, now that's a good album that's it a is. really I good album i played that in ages um my dad used to play it in the car when we were going on trips and um yeah it's so many good songs on that i just um ended up playing it twice and that was their comeback album with ian yeah. gillen are you a big fan of their older mute material with him? Oh yes, yeah. Okay, okay. So like like Highway Star and that sort of thing. Very good. Going back that far, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was um that was about all the albums I listened to this week. Okay, uh, Kirsty, here comes the question that I always regret. <laughs> good luck, Matt Matthew. Well, you might know some of the stuff I've listened to. You could take a guess if you want. First came I, off the ring. I figure the sooner I don't talk and you get done, the better. Okay. <laughs> Dynasty? There you go. The da- Dinners D. Dinners D. That got a couple of plays. Uh, Redemption. I listened to Snowfall on Judgment Day again. So have you listened to that, Kirsty? Yes. Quite a few I like times. It, uh, it was I, me that told you about it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know, but I didn't know if you'd listened to that particular album. Yeah, that was the album. Yeah. Oh, was it? Um, it was the album I said a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I thought you were just talking yeah. about track. Okay. I do like that album. I've listened to it a few times now. Uh, I went and listened to some Black Sabbath earlier in the week, Dehumanizer, uh, some Maiden, Fear of the Dark, and I found myself enjoying <laughs> the apparition. before I must have zoned out then. Realize I was oh, kind of getting into that. Do you think anyway. the apparition is better than Where Eagles Dare? Anyway, ACDC, uh, Flick of the Switch, who? And flick of the Switch, who? Akadaka. Akadaka. Oh, okay. Sorry, okay, okay. sorry. I meant Akadaka. For all you Akadaka. Yes. Akadaka. <laughs> yeah. Akadaka. ACDC. Flick of the Switch. And I was like, I'm in some. Uh, Bit of a mood for some more of that, so I went and listened to Blow Up Your Video. And I haven't listened to that for a long time, but I'm still enjoying that. What's the songs on that one? What's the hit song, the single? Heat, heat Seeker. Okay, I remember that. Uh, what was the other single that was on that? I, I can't remember. My favorite's off that. Uh, Nick of Time, Saved in the Nick of Time. Two's okay. up. This is another single, and I can't think what it is off the top of my head. It wasn't Money uh, Talks. That's off the next yeah, one. Yeah, Money Talks is off Razor's Edge, yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, some Anvil, 
So Anvil <laughs> had a new album out, Impact Imminent. And I heard the first track. I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, it surprised me. The vocals are as good as you're going to get on any other Anvil album from what I've heard. But it's the music that's pretty impressive. And mm-hmm. so two, two tracks in, I was like, yeah, I'm still liking this. They had uh, instrumental in there that wasn't too flash. But overall, I thought the album was pretty decent. If you like Anvil, I guess you'd like this because for the yeah. most part, it sounds the same. He's very limited with his vocal ability <laughs> and and their writing ability seems to be a little uh, in the box. But uh, is what it is. Um, someone mentioned on a podcast last week, I don't know if it was something from Ray's Asylum. Someone was listening to a bit of Genesis and they played whatever it was. And I heard something that reminded me of Marilyn Manson Mechanical Animals. So I went and listened to that this week. <laughs> and then I was listening to a couple of other things, podcasts, and it led me to go listen to Halloween's Keeper of the Seven Keys Part 1. And then why not go listen to Keeper of the Seven Keys Part 2 and enjoy them both. And that was me for the week. That's good. I'm uh, glad you decided to participate this week, Matthew. <laughs> um, I do. I do what I should. Kinda, sometimes. <laughs> Even when you're given direct orders not to. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing to say on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that I don't do much editing around here, and I don't need you to create extra editing for me. It's just to prove to the people that some editing does exist within your podcast. Yes. But I then know. you do such a good job of it, no one knows. That's the thing. Have, have y'all ever... Did y'all ever heard if if Sarah found um found Feck and whooped his butt? I don't know. I mean, oh. he was still on Twitter, so I guess he's still she, she's actually she's actually sitting over here to my right, and she gave me a thumbs up and a head nod. So maybe maybe there's something we don't know about the velvet Sarah, the velvet sledgehammer. <laughs> Sarah, the velvet sledgehammer. That's not one I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, so let's get into what Uncle Steve listened to this week. I listened to Akadaka, and I listened to four albums by them. One of them is one that I listened to last week. It was uh, or the week before, High Voltage. Uh, one was an album I've never heard before, other than hearing a couple of the tracks live on the River Plate concert that I watched, Rock or Bust, which I think. That is the tour that they were on when Axl Rose filled in. Because I could swear Axl was singing Rock or Bust as well, but maybe not. Now, now I said something last week on the podcast that I realized after I said it, I didn't say correctly. I was talking about Highway to Hell and Back in Black, and I said that I hadn't heard Highway to Hell very many times in my life. I was not meaning Highway to Hell. I've heard that a million times. I've never, I'd, I've only heard Back in Black a handful of times in my entire life. And I listened to Back in Black once this week. And there's some really good stuff in there. Even as crude as some of the song titles are, they have some great melodies. What was the one we were talking about, Matt, from that album? From Back in Black? Yeah. Uh, um, the Hang last no, it wasn't the last track. No, it wasn't uh, the last one here. I, I'm pulling it up right now. It's uh it was uh Honey, what do you do for money? Mm, oh, I love that honey, chorus. Honey. It's so good. Yeah. Um They were all good songs. The whole album. Yeah, good. yeah, it's it's a good one. 
But let's see. So High Voltage Rocker Bus, Back in Black. And then the one that I've listened to that I'd never heard before that I'm really shocked that I'm liking it so much is their newest album called Power Up. And man, that album, I was just blown away at how good it is. There's a lot of really good songs that are like, I've listened to that one multiple times this week. So that's all I listened to this week, those four albums. <laughs> so, and honestly, I didn't listen to a lot of music this week. Uh, anyone that follows world news knows that we had a pretty crappy week here in Texas. Um, and, and then on the, and on, on this side of that, uh, a, a good friend of mine at work had uh, some personal tragedy in his family that really, really threw me for a loop, man. I was uh, feeling pretty depressed about it all. And I just wasn't in the music for, uh, wasn't in the mood to hear a ton of music. I, I just wanted to listen to talking and have my mind taken off of it some w- different way. But when I did get back into uh, music, and, and I don't even think this song's on high voltage, but we were, I was driving down the road. I'd pick my daughter up from somewhere. And she was telling me about a card game. So immediately I just started going, she's got the Jack. <laughs> and then immediately I turned the song on and we, and I was just singing along and it, it really, that song really helped uh, alleviate like some of the feelings, you know, it just, like it was a, food. it's just a fun. It's just a song, fun song. You know, there's like a couple of the lines. I think I told you, Matt, there's like, there's one line where it says, how was I to know that she'd been dealt with before? How was I to know that she'd been shuffled before? And those yeah. lines just made me laugh so much when I heard them. Um, but I really, really like that song too. Uh, the Jack, it's a good one. But yeah, that's all the music I listen to. Uh, and podcasts, I, now I listened to, to a, a very good amount of podcasts this week. And I'll start off with one. Uh, I can't remember if I listened to this one last week or not, but it was, it was Dean Del Rey's Let There Be Talk. And if you can't tell by the name, let there be talk. Uh, He doesn't only talk about ACDC, but that's his favorite band. And I remembered that before power up came out that he had interviewed pretty much every member of the band. So I went back a couple years and I found uh, the following episodes. He interviewed uh, Brian Johnson and Angus Young of ACDC. He also did another one with Phil Rudd of ACDC, another one with Cliff Williams of ACDC. And those guys don't do a lot of interviews. So it was really cool to hear. It was really cool to hear Angus Young talk a little bit, just candidly. Um, And Brian Johnson sounds like the nicest, coolest person in the entire world. So Uh, then I listened to another one that was uh, Mark Evans, the former bassist of ACDC. He was he played on, I think, Power Rage and Let There Be Rock. Um, and then the last one I listened to from his podcast was he did an interview with Jeff Tate of, uh, formerly of Queens rock. And that was a good interview. Uh, I listened to a podcast, the decibel geek podcast. They had one called new noise weekly where they just kind of go through different news stories. Um, I listened to Eddie trunk. He had an interview with a really cool interview with geezer Butler. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, Diary of the Mad Men. They did No Rest for the Wicked. They did like an in-depth look on that, and that was really cool. I enjoyed that. Uh, The Metal Gods podcast, 50 Heavy Metal Years, they were going over the show that they went to. And consequently, uh, that is their last episode. Well, that's not their last episode. They put one more out since then. But I believe they're going on kind of an indefinite hiatus for a while to take care of some things. So... 
I listened to one, uh, the other one I listened to was called, it's called Imaginary Music. And there was one where they interviewed a, a guy named Luke Easter. And then there's another one where they interviewed a guy named Andy Robbins. And they're both musicians. Um, but that's the podcast that I listened to this week. Uh, the ACDC stuff was the majority of what I was focused. Let me say on this Geezer Butler interview with Eddie Trunk, Eddie asked him if he had, he said, when's the last time you've talked to Ozzy? And he was like, well, the tour ended in 2017. He said, I talked to him two days after that. And that's the last time I've ever talked to him. <laughs> like oh, wow. he has like no interest whatsoever in doing anything else. He said he hasn't spoken to Tony. It seems like in a couple years, maybe. And he said, it's nothing, you know, he said, you tour with people that long at the end of, you know, at some point you hate everybody in the band. And he said, you know, you've had your fill of, and he said, you know, we were together off and on for 30, 40, 50 years, you know? So, but he's got a new band now, hasn't he? I think he was doing something, but he was talking about touring a little bit Uh with Eddie and, and he was talking about being on buses and just different things. He's like, I just can't sleep like that anymore. He said, you know, they're staying in cheap hotels and he's like, you know, it's totally different when you're starting out by yourself and you're trying to do it differently. And he just said, I just don't really have it in me. He said, I'm just happily retired. He said, I could, he would, he said he would consider doing like a one, something one off maybe, but he said, I don't really have any drive to want to go out and do a tour or anything like that. So. Which, from from the things they were saying on the Diary of the Mad Men podcast about Ozzy, it doesn't sound like Ozzy's ever, ever going to be out touring again, So, which is sad. Hmm. But uh, outside of that, that's all I listened to. And uh, Kirsty, what podcasts did you listen to during the week? Uh, I listened to your podcast um, with Ray, who was a really great guest. Oh, I mean, that's good. <laughs> I would have liked to have spoken to him as well. I had like real fear of missing out last week. Um, <laughs> and there was uh, Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast. Uh-huh. He talked about wasting love, um, which he quite likes. Okay. And um, it's not that bad, is it? It's like <laughs> for a fear of the dark song. I think it gets a bad rap. I think it's a lot better than people give it credit for. It's a lot better um, than some of the other songs. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. This is true. Um, <laughs> Andy Dowling from Lord, we've talked about the band Lord before. Mm-hmm. He's got a podcast called the Andy Social Podcast. So I thought I'd give name. that a try. So I was looking through to see all the different episodes. And I went with um, an interview with Simone Dow from Voyager because I thought I'll listen to somebody I know. So that was good. Yeah. Um, Ray quick, quick, recommend- quick question. Yeah. yeah. Does, his, does the theme song on his podcast say, I'm Andy, I'm Andy Social? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You should do, shouldn't it? Yeah, Ray recommended Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews last Mm -hmm. week. Yeah. And um, so I thought I'd have a look at that. And there were lots of great albums to choose from. Classic rock, grunge, indie, metal. Anyone who wants to have a listen will find something that they love. And it's a Maya Maiden too. Um, So Ray suggested I listen to a Kiss episode. Uh And I did not. Um, hmm. I listened to the one about Led Zeppelin Force because I've been listening to that that week. Uh-huh. And that was um, very informative. They played clips and they talked about the instruments. And hmm. yeah, just, I, I want to listen to the, I want to listen to the unmasked one because Ray said it was pretty insane. Yeah. yeah, you probably should. But, you know, it's probably more for the Kiss fans, isn't it? But yeah, there, there were just so many really good songs, albums that he's picked. And um, that's all my podcasts for the week. 
Okay. Well, um, Matthew. Ah, so I started with the Metal Exchange podcast, who I've talked about before. Uh, a couple of guys, they did a review on a little Iron Maiden album called Killers. And I don't know if this is an old one or not. It just popped back up. It was episode 18, but they gave that a pretty favorable review at the end of the day. They had actually had some interesting takes on it. They were thinking that Killers had more in common with Number of the Beast than it did with Iron Maiden, uh, the initial the debut album. So it was interesting to hear their reasons why on that. So it was a good one. Uh, the rest is history. Uh, they had three episodes over the last week on Australian Prime Ministers. And despite the, the title, it was actually very enjoyable. It was very interesting. It's not a boring political thing at all. Uh, so that was good. There are three episodes on that. I listened to an old Talk is Jericho episode because someone had suggested something to me on the wildlife and mysterious death of Bon Scott. And what, did, what did you think of that? What did you think of that? I had mixed feelings throughout it um, mm-hmm. because I had never heard about the drug use that they were referring to mm-hmm. within that interview. So, that, and I, I listened to this because you had come out and we had spoken about it. Sure. And so at times I thought it was interesting and I was like, well, if this guy's just trying to plug a book, then I wasn't so impressed. I was like, are you trying to like speculate this, you know, to serve your own purposes? But by the end of it, I come away and thinking, yeah, it was pretty interesting despite he backed enough of it up to where I thought, well, you know, it could be true. There was no reason for me to, to doubt what he says. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was interesting. I don't know. I'd never heard most of the stuff that they had said, but um, no, it was interesting well, he, the best way to put it. He mentions another book in there uh, yeah. called The Youngs. Mm-hmm. I, I ordered, I found that book on uh, somewhere and I ordered it. I've been, I'm about a hundred pages into it right now. It's, it's has it's just getting to the real beginning of ACDC. It kind of went through how the brothers had a, the two brothers in the band had a famous, like their brother was in a famous Australian band that was, had like kind of a one hit wonder famous band. Yeah. And, I, I know the name of it. I can't yeah, think of it. The Easy Beats. For, yeah. Friday on my mind. Yeah. The song. yeah. And, the song. but he talks about what the brother learned through all that and kind of how he developed his chem, you know, how they're all the, you know, the first albums were, produced by like Albert Vonda or something like mm-hmm. that and how they were connected. And it's, it's really digging way back. And I'm just now getting to where they put out the very first album. So I'm, I'm a hundred pages in so far. It's, 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 there's some interesting stuff so far. Yeah. No, it was, it was an interesting episode. So that was, that was going back. So that was August 29th, 2018 when that was done. So that's you know, three and a half, four years ago. Yeah. Uh, I listened to uncle Steve's, Opening track rankings with uh, Mr. Ray. That was very enjoyable having a, a conversation with him last week. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting on some of the choices that we did have together and also didn't have. Sure. Um, what else did I have here? Oh, so one of his recommendations, as Kirsty mentioned, Ridiculous Rock Record Review. So I did go listen to The Kiss Unmasked. And mm-hmm. Ray, Ray didn't undersell that at all because they absolutely <laughs> ripped on this and there was something in there, and I had it written down as a quote. I forget what the song was now. It was something about glitter, sparkles and glitter-shaped, well, coming out of a glitter-shaped butthole, which was Paul Stanley. That's how they were describing <laughs> one of his songs. I wish I, I wish I had it with me now. But it was funny. You don't have to be a Kiss fan or anything just to, to appreciate the rip on that. 
So I listened to that one episode, and I didn't know what sort of podcast it was going to be. Is that all they do? Rip on yeah. albums? Because I'd scrolled through, and I saw that Seventh Son was in there. Yeah. I was like, if they're just going to rip on Seventh Son, well, I don't know if I really want to hear that. Yeah. So they had a Halloween episode in there. So they were doing Keeper of the Seven Keys Part 1. So I listened to that, and that was pretty informative. So I was like, oh, okay, they can be funny when they want, or it's informative. But either okay. way, it was, it was a good listen. So this week, That's I'm cool. going to go give that another go and listen to The Seventh Son. Uh, but that was me for the week with podcasts. Okay. I need to find I need to find that one because uh, I do, like I said, I have mixed feelings on Unmasked. You'll, you like, know- you'll like the episode, I guarantee. I'd pretty much guarantee it. Kirsty's gotten me turned on to this little game, the 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 hurdle hurdle game, yeah. And uh, but she's got me on. It's a kiss one. Oh, okay. And today the song was talked to me, and it just once you get the song, it just starts playing the song for you. And I just sat there and kind of sang along and listened to the whole song. And I thought, and it's one of the Ace's songs on Unmasked are not generally regarded that well. But I was like, man, this song is pretty catchy. It's it's poppy, and it's pretty catchy, and it's good. I like it. I say I was just you know enjoying it, and I thought, and and I and I did it, that that episode crossed my mind again. I was like, I need to find that and, and listen to it. So I'm gonna try to do it this week. So, but with all of that said, now it's time for a little bit of audience participation, and what I'm gonna do is give you the retweets and then the tweet quotes. There's not a whole lot of retweets, so I'll get those knocked out here pretty quick. Really quick, actually. Mark D5 on Twitter. The Scouser, David Laird in Liverpool, England. And the only other retweet was by his royal dudeness, Dave in the USA. Now, the tweet quotes, we got, we got more tweet quotes than we did retweets, so I'll do those here. First off, I have... Matthew and Kirsty, you want to pay close attention. Mm-hmm. The detention teacher of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, Gen Maryutani from Chiba, Japan. He said, great episode. Thank you, Uncle Steve, for picking my new theme song, Private Eyes. No, I don't write you guys' rankings down. <laughs> I just rewind again and ag- again and again. You know how we you know how we say abs absolutely? Yeah, I was I was picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. I just rewind again and again. Every time I hear something inconceivable. So he probably <laughs> How does he even make it through the episode? 
There's so many inconceivable things that are said. Week. Yeah, exactly. And he said, he listens to. Yeah, exactly. He said, well, all I can say is you guys weren't good boys this week. <laughs> we would. Um, we would. <laughs> Apparently not. So uh, the next one up, the honorable counselor, Sir Richard Holmes of the Ulster Unionist Party in Garva, Northern Ireland, the only official politician, Matthew, of Uncle Steve's Iron Main Zone. He said. His, his, this is his straight up quote. For the record, number 17, Invaders. Number 16, Ides slash Wrath. And I will say um, that Lewis in Venezuela made a very good point about that. He said, if that was one song, they would have been playing Ides with it all these years. And I thought that was a really good point. I didn't realize that so many people thought of that as one song until yeah, I didn't this either. week. Well, you jumped on board with it. You were the one trying to get it going on Twitter. No. Yeah, you said. Oh. You said I'm separating myself from everybody yeah. here. I'm. <laughs> so. Oh, uh, what I meant I say was <clears throat> I didn't realize that so many people thought that Ida March and Rothschild was one song. I think they just oh. associate it. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Not so much I didn't one. Track. Really know that was a thing. <laughs> Look, I don't think one track. They just if I hear this, I expect to hear this straight after it. The other. Mm-hmm. How about this? Kirsty, Ides of March or Wrathchild, which do you like better? Wrathchild. Matthew. Ides. Me too. I like Ides better. Okay, so let me finish. Uh, this is the this, this is the counselors list here. So, um, again, seventeen invaders. I'm sorry. I have a uh, teenage girl that's sitting across from me, <laughs> laughing incessantly at something. I wish I, I wish I could see her face right now. I, I bet thought it was. I, a, bet it's, I thought you had a pet bird. No, it's not a pet bird. It's a pet child. Apparently, <laughs> she heard your squeal, Sarah. Keep it down. <laughs> okay, number fifteen. Wildest dreams. Four. Shh. Fourteen is satellite fifteen. The final frontier. Uh, I'll just I won't I'll quit reading the numbers. Future Real, Prowler, Tail Gunner, Where Eagles Dare. Number ten, Matthew. Yeah. The counselor at number ten has Where Eagles Dare. Just c- keep that in your mind, okay? I will. Number nine, Senjutsu. Number eight, If Eternity Should Fail. Number seven, Sign of the Cross. Wow. Number six. Ace is high. Did you hear that? I heard six. Number five caught somewhere in time. Number four different world. Wow. That's pretty low. Matthew will be very pleased with this. Number three, be quick or be dead. A little low, but yeah, it's respectable. (laughs) Number two, the wicker man. And if anybody out there, (coughs) Dean wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Number one here by the counselor. Moonchild from Seventh Son. Interesting. Of course. Yeah. He also, the counselor also had another uh, quote, and he said, looking forward to the sequel, ranking the closers. We'll be back in a few days with my own rankings for the openers. Okay. That was before that, apparently. Mm-hmm. Loved the debate and banter as ever. Uh, the next one, listen to this. It's kind of a controversial one, Matt. Uh it starts off, the person says, I can't believe they would do this without me. Uh, <laughs> Any guesses who this might be? <laughs> I don't know. 
I'll say it like this. It's the official historian and translator of the podcast. So if you, if you know who that is, you know, and if you don't, then just re-listen to the beginning of the podcast. Well, you should, you should say that there were some tense discussions when this call started tonight. We didn't know if it was going to go ahead. Yeah, this is true. But we, we all, we all made up at the end. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, um, I can't tell if she wrote her list forwards or backwards. There's no numbers, but I'm assuming that the one um, I'm looking at. Real the, is 17. Okay. There we go. There we go. I kind of figured that was the case. Uh, feature reel at 17 and then moving in reverse wildest dreams. That's the one we were kind of thinking we were going to, uh, step on a nail with Matt. Yeah. I was surprised when I saw you had it that high at, uh, <laughs> number 16. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised too. <laughs> I was like, that's like that track probably didn't think it was going to be that high. Yeah. probably. <laughs> my life sticking up for it. Yeah. And now, now when it comes now, it's, um, the rubber meets the road here, Matt. She had to. She had to come to terms with it. Had to come to grips with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Tail Gunner, Prowler, Senjutsu. That's a little low. What number uh, is Senjutsu? Uh, be 17, 16, 15, 14, 13. Okay, yep. Let me. Okay, uh, so thirteen. A twelve is different world. Eleven, Final Frontier. Eleven, Matthew, Final <laughs> Frontier. That surprises me. Well, that's a bit of a surprise track in itself because I saw someone that had it at number one. Yes, yeah, and we will. I'm going to read a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, invade. She has invaders ahead of Final Frontier. That's surprising. Then she has be quicker, be dead, Matthew. That would be at a uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Number eight is be quicker, be dead. Mm. So seven is sign of the cross. Not bad. Six is where eagles dare. Number six, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Number six from number six, correct, Kirsty? Correct. If Eternity Should Fail at number five. Wicker Man at number four. Ace is high at number three. Caught Somewhere in Time at number two. And at number one, <coughs> Dean is yeah. Moonchild again. Wow. These are surprising. So now this next one is from somebody named Gene. In Dublin, Ireland. And he said, this Fett guy seems like a real douchebag. I hope Sarah kicks his ass. <laughs> so, and according to, according to Sarah earlier, she kind of gave me a head nod. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe we won't be hearing from this Fett guy any- <laughs> anymore. Uh, should, should I edit that out? Oh, never mind, never mind, never mind. Uh, okay. Next one is uh, Asylum, Tales from the Devereaux Diaries. They said... Our good friend, Uncle Steve, was kind. And behind the word kind, there's a question mark. So keep that in mind. Our good friend, Uncle Steve, was kind enough to have me on this week's show to rank all 17 Iron Maiden LP opening tracks. He's not wrong when he says, have a stiff drink and be near a toilet. And then he said, mostly because of him. I don't know if I agree with that, but okay. Uh, And the last tweet quote is from an old friend of the show, Paul Rook in Boston. Uh, Did we ever figure out what his old username was, Kirsty? It was Foot Fighter. FP Foot Fighter, I think. Yes, FP. That was it. Very good. Very. Man, the memory on this girl, Matthew. Man, if your husband does anything wrong, I bet you he never, ever does. <laughs> Here's the end of it. <laughs> Everything's documented, written down, recorded. I know. Yeah, I'm still bringing up things from the first year we were going out. <laughs> She's like, anything 
she's like a dating Kirsty for him. Matthew would have been like a court case here. What they what they say? Anything you say can and will be used and against will. you. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so Paul says, "Well done, Steve, Matt, and Ray. Loved this episode. Makes you realize how many awesome openers they have. I always enjoy these episodes that rate." or rank album or songs or albums. It's fun to see where I agree or don't. And then he says, and just in case there's anybody that hasn't caught this already, completely agree with the unanimous number one. So well, that's good. Cause it's, good. it sounded like it came as a surprise to some people. Yeah. But not so it, much to others. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, so real quick, let me run through a couple. I got a few lists here and I'm just going to read maybe off, maybe what their bottom two and their top five are. So uh, this is from, uh, I might say the name wrong, Fadi Mish. I'm not sure how he would say that. Uh, his number 17 is Different World. His number 16 is Wildest Dreams. Just want to make sure that's in there. Ooh, his number 15 is Final Frontier. Ooh. Uh, his number five is Caught Somewhere in Time. His number four is Where Eagles Dare. Three is Sign of the Cross. Two, Aces High. And Kirsty, care to guess what his number one is? Main Child? Very good. Very good. Hmm. Next one is from uh, Future Squash 767. And his number 17, now this is controversial, is, is Final Frontier. His number 16 is Wildest Dreams. Let me just go back. Okay, now his number uh, five. I'm trying to see where he has. Uh, oh, 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 God. I guess I was going to hit it right there, Matthew. His number five is Be Quick or Be Dead. His number four. Is Moonchild. Number four. Gasp. <laughs> okay. His number three is Ides of March slash Wrathchild. His number two is Where Eagles Dare. It's the first we've seen of that. And his number one, obviously, is Ace is High because it's not Moonchild. So let's see here. Uh, the next person's list is what's this guy's name? Cleanest. Of ancient misters, I think that's an ancient mariner take there. Uh, his number seventeen is wildest dreams. His number sixteen is satellite fifteen final frontier. His number fifteen, I have to throw this in just for you, Matt. Is be quick or be dead. <laughs> Sounds a little more accurate. Um, his number five is where eagles dare. Another high one for number four is uh, Ides of March Wrathchild. Number three will please Kirsty caught somewhere in time. Number two may get another collective gasp. Moonchild. And number. Uh, Yeah. Pretty high. He just has his one and two flip flop. Ace is high. But you know what? Those could. That's fair. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Let's see. Oh, boy. Here's the guy that we. uh, Here's the. Here's the uh, guy that's uh, watching you (laughs) with his (laughs) private eyes. Uh, He has number 17. Satellite 15, the final frontier. 16 is Tail Gunner, 15 is Prowler, and Matthew, just for you, his 14 is Be Quick or Be Dead. I can see that coming. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm not going to read everything out, but I just had to read his number nine out. His number nine? Holy. His number nine and his number eight. Oh, God. Oh, my God. His number nine, Matthew, is Where Eagles Dare. Middle of the road. Yeah, maybe. His number eight, though? Yeah. Moonchild. Ah, see, that's oh. just not on. <laughs> In Australia, we say that's not cricket. 
<laughs> okay, so his number five, Senjutsu. Number four, Sign of the Cross. Number three, If Eternity Should Fail. Number two, Ace is High, and Kirsty will appreciate this as a number one. Caught Somewhere in Time. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting top five there. I mean, I I th- I think those are all great songs. So I mean, I even though I don't necessarily agree with uh, Moonchild or even Where Eagles Dare, that's uh, or even you know Final Frontier at the bottom. I I still, that, apart from a few tracks, most of these were pretty hard to split. Yeah, once you get it, once you get I don't know maybe four or five up. Yeah, it, yeah. it's pretty tough. It's just a matter of slotting one here and slotting one there. Yeah. So. Here's another one. This is from W.K. Lawrence. His number 17 is The Final Frontier. 16 is Prowler. Uh, I just want to scroll up a little bit. I'm going to read a few if they're notable. <laughs> His number well, I, twi- I think the fact that you've mentioned 17 is 16, which isn't a certain song yet, would be notable. Oh, yeah. His number 12. Oh, my God. His number 12 is Where Eagles Dare which is three slots under his number nine wildest dreams. Oh Jeez, my That's hot. It's like, it's dizzying. I bet you there's somebody right now that is just knocking back shots like crazy. I won't name any names, but it rhymes with clean. Um, the number five he has here is sign of the cross. Matthew, you will appreciate his number four, be quick or be dead. Mm-hmm. Number three, different world. That's really high. But I like the song. Number now his number two and number one look very familiar though. Ace is high at two and Moonchild at one. Very good. All these numbers all these number seventeens for Final Frontier. Do you think that could be because of the satellite being attached to it? Satellite. I think 100%. so. Yeah. yeah. Because the yeah. actual the actual song once it kicks in, uh-huh. it's, it's very good, right but a lot of people don't like the part before it. Yeah. And they would like to be able to cut that off. Oh man. So the, the association for Ides of March into uh, Rothschild does not have the same effect on those two. Well, because the Ides of March is a lot shorter. Songs. Mm. Yeah, and they're yeah, and you can fast forward past Ides of March if you want to. Yeah, there's no getting through. Uh, well, you wouldn't <laughs> so need to do. fast forward through Ides of March. It's like, you wouldn't. Yeah, like, God no. Was it a minute and a half? Minutes, isn't it? <laughs> it's so good. You wouldn't yeah. want to, it's. It's better no, than to me. It's to. better than most of the rest of the album. Oops, did I say that out loud? Sorry. I think you did. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm a very big Killers fan, so. I know, I know. <laughs> okay, this next person is uh, Seth Gunderson. Gun- G- I'm sorry, Gunderson. And he said, uh, 17 Invaders. That surprises me that I didn't, haven't seen more of Invaders at the very bottom. Because you know how people really poo-poo on that song. But at number 16, Matthew, I think you'll recognize this one. Wildest Dreams. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, 15, he has Satellite 15. 13, he has Be Quick or Be Dead. Hmm. Now's where it gets a little harder to read. Number nine, Moonchild. Number number seven, Where Eagles Dare. So let me get to his number. uh, Number five is Tail Gunner. That's why. Yeah, four, The Wicker Man. Three, Caught Somewhere in Time. Two, I have not seen it this high on anybody else's list, but I cannot argue it one bit. The sign of the cross mm-hmm. and number one, Ace is High. That's interesting. It's funny because all these songs, you look at them and 
almost every one of them is so good that you go, well, I can understand you putting Moonchild at number nine if you got Sign of the Cross that high, because Sign of the Cross is killer, too. It is. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Okay, he did his album Closers. I'm not reading those. Uh, this is, okay, this person is a Ju. I'm going to say the name wrong. Juha, J-U-H-A. How would you pronounce that, guys? I really Juha. don't know. Juha, I'll say Ju. Juha Reims, Reims, R-E-M-E-S, Ramus. Sorry, I'm very sorry, sir. If you want to email me, Uncle Steve, what is it? What's the podcast email, Matt? Uh, do you know what you're throwing me? <laughs> Iron, uh, Iron Maiden podcast at gmail.com. Iron Maiden podcast at gmail.com. If I screwed your name up, please enlighten me because I, I don't like messing names up. I was going to say, you probably won't care. You won't be back next week now after you've butchered that. Yeah, yeah probably not. Probably not. I, some, some people keep coming back as they're gluttons for punishment. And well, that's true. If there's one certain person, if he listens to this episode, then we know anybody should could come back after, no matter what's said, right? Apparently. So, yes. Okay. So uh, his his uh, list is uh, uh, his bottom. I don't know the numbers here. There's no numbers. So number 17, I do know, is Invaders. 16, Matthew, Be Quick or Be Dead. Cool. Now, let's see. That'd be 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, Wildest Dreams. Wow. 10, it's a 10, 9, 8, 7, Final Frontier, 6, okay, 5, Ides of, no, wait, yeah, 5, Ides of March, Wrathchild, 4, Ace is High, 3, Caught Somewhere in Time, 2, Matthew, Kirsty, Where Eagles Dare. I was waiting for that. Right behind the number 1, Kirsty, what do you think the number 1 is? Child. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, this someone so someone sent me a message on here. I posted a thing on here that just says, "Can't we all be blood brothers?" <laughs> like we're like we're all disagreeing, and I just replied back with two words. I said, "We are." Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is one. This guy says, "Always the un as always the unpopular opinion," and this is guy. His name is the Pilgrim. He's got a really cool little logo. He's got like part of the M for Metallica on the left. And then the part on the right is the M from Maiden. That's kind of interesting. Mm. Okay. His list starts out here at number 17. There's no numbers again. Future Real, 16, Sign of the Cross. 15, Wildest Dreams. Wow. Uh, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, se- 7, Ace is High. Uh, 5, if eternity should fail, four, Matthew, be quick or be dead. Mm-hmm. Three, Moonchild. Two, where eagles dare, and number one, caught somewhere in time. That's interesting. Mm. And I put that GIF thing of Sarah Jessica Parker with her mouth hanging open, like, uh, you know. And then I got one from um, Steve Wright from the uh, Potter Than Hell podcast. He sent me his list. Let's see what his is real quick. This is the last one I have. Um, number 17, Matthew. Kirsty. Um, I think Kirsty's going to be kicking herself, Matthew, when, when she hears his number 17. Wildest dreams. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, I would be kicking myself. <laughs> yeah, because you, you, <laughs> put it, <laughs> you put it too high. You put it too high. Hush. <laughs> Uh, his number 11, Matthew, Be Quick or Be Dead. 
Uh, wow, his number nine is caught somewhere in time. Number seven is Invaders. Oh, that's number. Lucky. <laughs> yeah, number five, Moonchild. This is a man. This is a very interesting top five. Number five, Matthew Moonchild. Mm-hmm. Number four, Future Real. That's nice. I, I'm glad to see somebody put it that high though, because I, I like that song a lot more. There's just so many other ones that are just a little maybe a different level. Uh, Wicker Man at number three. Number two, Ace is high. Number one, which one have I not mentioned yet, Matthew? That I've been mentioning every time. Sign of the Cross? Number one, Where Eagles Dare. Is that the first time at number one that someone that's said? The, that's, the, uh, that's the first time. Um, yes, that's the first time at number one. Okay. Um, so... Now we are going to get into the meat of the podcast, the part of the episode that you've all been waiting for, where we are going to go song by song in a little battle and see which one wins of the three of us. And maybe, maybe we'll be able to crown one of these albums, the greater album. Can we do that? I don't think we can do that. I think it's all subjective. So the greater of from us three, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so we will start off with song number one. Oh, um, okay. Here's the one thing that I forgot to mention earlier that people might be thinking about. There's nine songs on Peace of Mind, and I know what everyone's thinking. It's not fair if you put number nine against number or number. I'm sorry, number seven versus seven, which is Quest for Fire, and then basically. Only the good or to tame a land is up by itself. So what we decided to do was skip one song on the album. And to be totally fair, I said, let's, let's pick the worst song on the album of peace of mind. And do we all agree that the worst song on the album is quest for fire? Yes. Matthew. Sure. Okay. Okay. So I agree as well. So we are going to, when we get down to the end, it's going to be the clairvoyant versus sun and steel and only the good die young versus to tame a land. So quest for fire is just off set aside to be used at a later moment if necessary. (laughs) So song number one on somewhere, somewhere seventh son is Moonchild. song. Number one on peace of mind is where Eagles dare. So I'm going to start with Matthew. Well, Matthew. Okay. I was really hoping you were going to start with Kirsty, but yeah, okay. I, I know you did, but but I, I need someone who's going to talk a little more than – I know Kirsty will just say the words. She won't maybe I give an – ex- Okay. Well, are you are you concerned that you'll get quality versus quantity? <laughs> I'll get quantity over quality because I'll get quality with Kirsty. I'll get quantity with you. <laughs> Kirsty, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, well, you already know because I already ranked it the top opener, but I played them both anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I played Where Eagles Dare first. It's a really good song. It starts off so strongly with that drum pattern and there's a great heavy riff. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just like many Maiden songs, the verses are a bit hard to sing, but Young Mm -hmm. Bruce nails it anyway. Um, He has a great high note towards the end. 
Mm-hmm. It kind of loses a bit of momentum and it could have been trimmed a bit, but that's just nitpicking, really. It's just sure. never been one of, my, one of my absolute favorites and Moonchild has. And Moonchild's okay. got a really great build and it's fast and aggressive. It doesn't drag. And it's got a dark, dramatic story. Oh, yeah. And the, oh, yeah. And the lyrics are delivered really well. And um, I know a lot of people, not just Dean King, thinks it's overrated. And um, for context, I've said this before, but this was um, the year that I got into Maiden, just after I got into Maiden, this came out. And this was also the opening track of my first gig. Uh, I'd like to think I'd pick it anyway, but we've all got reasons for liking songs that go beyond the music. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay, well, uh, Matthew, what about you? Well, I'm just going to make mention of a little tweet uh, that Dean King 2 had made on May 27th. Okay. He he had noted that all three of us on the podcast, he was referring to Uncle Steve, myself, and Ray, uh, how we all picked this song, and this song being Moonchild. And there's a couple of words here I can't read what they say, but they probably don't mean anything. But then it says, it is one of the greatest metal songs of all time. <laughs> now, he was referring to Moonchild. Like I said, there was a couple <laughs> extra words in there, but they were of no importance, were they, Dean? So anyway... <laughs> It was my number one opener. It seems to have been uh, very high on other people's lists as well. But yeah. I'll, I stand by what I said last week. Awesome intro. That builds this attention that builds in this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce's initial delivery, I am he. And mm-hmm. through to Lucifer's my name. Outstanding. Doesn't mean that there's um, its opposition in Where Eagles Dear is a bad song. But... It's just one of those unfortunate occasions where it's going up a song that's just better than it. I like Where Eagles Dare. My problem with it is the vocals. It's just too busy. Mm-hmm. But there's some good music in there. You can't deny that. But that's what I've got. Moonchild's got a – it's the greatest metal song of all time. Dean said I've got to back him up on this one. <laughs> so it was. So it has been written. So it shall be written. So it shall be done. So it shall be done. Thanks for your help there, Dino. <laughs> I hope you're feeling well, Dean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lay off the booze, buddy. Lay off the booze. (laughs) I hope you can get some sleep after this episode, mate. (laughs) So for me, I obviously I picked Moonchild as well uh, as my number one for the album openers, and um, but I gotta say, I mean, I, I I was I think that I had this conversation with you during the week, Matthew, where if I was just picking one of these songs based off the music alone, it would be where Eagles dare because musically this song goes in a lot of other areas and it's just, and every bit of it is awesome. The solos are great. The, just the interludes that the music takes on it. It reminds me, um, a bit of, uh, what's the song on uh book of souls, Kirsty that's super long and it has, it gets like five minutes in and then the music goes insanely awesome. The red and the black? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Like, this reminds me a bit of that, because if someone says, oh, well, I love the way Bruce sings these verses, he doesn't really, he's his voice is way up there, but he's not really getting to sing most of the notes. You know, it's like, it's no one outside the rumbling town, Avengers is drawn in. It's like, and he gets to say, nah, he holds one one long one out at the end. And it's, I love the song. I mean, it's a great song. Where Eagles there is, is I mean, most bands have not made a song that good. Iron Maiden, it's not even 
probably a top 10 song for me, but it's a great song. I love it. I mean, there's so many that we love, but Moonchild, I mean, Matthew said it very well. You know, it starts out with a little acoustic intro. You turn on the album and you're going, I mean, now I guess if, if I was a fan from Number of the Beast and I got to Seventh Son and it started like that, I'd be like, what's happening? <laughs> you know, and then it, it, it's, uh, you know, when he says seven bloodied hopes and you know, seven are your burning fires and seven are your desires. And then a little keyboard thing starts and you're going, what on earth is going on here? It's building. Yeah, it's built. It's building. Yeah, but I mean, just on a imagine a first listen from an mm-hmm. old school fan at that point, they would have been like, "This is weird," you know. And then you get the dun 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 and all that, and then it gets the bump bump bump. Like you said, that's, that buildup is incredible. And then Nico the just yes, and then I am when he comes in with "I am He, the Bornless One." Oh my gosh! And the chorus, Moonchild, hear the mandrake scream. You know, open the seventh seal, all that. And the, the only the only negative thing I would say about the song. You know, other than it's got, well, there's a few little things, but the little, the big outweighs the little in this one. Because the, 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 the way the guitars sound soloing, like in the, in the chorus, you know, where it's like, dun, 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 it sounds kind of guitar synthy. And so, but, but it's not enough to make me go, oh yeah, this song just doesn't have it, man. This song has it all. It's a great song. The melodies in this song are better. The, 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 the chorus, is there a chorus in Where Eagles Dare? Yeah. I mean, he just says where eagles dare, right? I'm trying to think in my mind as I'm slipping. Yeah, there's, there's a bit before it. This is because he goes. Someone knew all the lyrics. We're just, uh, just we're just people that don't know anything about Iron yeah. Maiden at all. Because he says he says they made their way where no one would fly. They chose to fly where eagles dare. To me, that's yeah. that's almost a pre-chorus. You know, because it seems well, like that yeah. would be leading to something. You could say that, but there's not a chorus that comes after that, so that yeah. is the chorus. That's the chorus. Okay, so I mean that's okay. that's not bad, but it's not as good as the Moonchild chorus either. So, but um, yeah, we all chose Moonchild. I think it was a uh, pretty mm-hmm. obvious. There might have been a little bit of uh, wondering because uh, Kirsty was not here last week, but yes, um, but if anyone saw her on Twitter, I've already showed my hand there. <laughs> So, yeah, so that is our first pick. So, so far, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son is up one zero. So we'll go to song number two, which is Infinite Dreams versus Revelations. And Matthew? These are two very good songs. So I really do like Revelations, and I really do like Infinite Dreams. Uh, and I thought this is actually one of the toughest picks to come between these two albums. Um, Revelation, some of the lyrics in this, the only way I could think to say was just that some of them are beautiful, the way mm-hmm. they're written. Uh, like, nice or good didn't seem to really fit. I just think there's some beautiful lyrics in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if this wasn't up against Infinite Dreams, it could very well have won its position. But for me, there's just too much that I like about Infinite Dreams. This is another one. It's got that slow start. It's got that build to it as well. And there's just some really nice music in this as well. Revelations has it too. Like there's some good solos and there's some mm-hmm. good harmonies in that as well. Uh, but I just thought everything on Infinite Dreams is 10 out of 10. I don't understand why they've never played it again live. But the pace, um, and I don't know, this is like almost a perfect song on this album. And I don't understand when I see people rank this low 
and I have seen that. I just don't understand why. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Bruce's vocals in this, I think his vocal deliveries in this is awesome. If you like a Bruce scream, this has got a great one. It's got yeah. some great, there's some great harmonies, melodies. So no, this is a. Uh, it'll just come out on top of Revelation. So some great things on that too. But this just gets across by a nose for me. Infinite Dreams. Very interesting. Very interesting. Kirsty, what about you? Yeah, I also found it very tough. I, I listened to both of these songs quite a lot of times, even though I thought I knew which one I was going to pick. Uh, listen to Revelations first. It's just beautiful. Um, I love the triple guitars, like Bruce used to play on. <laughs> it was always something I'd sing when I was younger, if I'd had a stiff drink and I was out somewhere with good acoustics, <laughs> like under a bridge or something. Um, although that part of it's a hymn, really, but it fits so well into the song. And really interesting lyrics. Um, and it's a lot of people's favorite song, and I could see why. But then I played Infinite Dreams, and that's fantastic as well. There's nothing else like that. And um, when Bruce does that scream of despair, this was how I felt having to choose. But um, <laughs> really deep down, I always knew it was going to be Infinite Dreams for me. <clears throat> okay, okay. Well, I agree. You know, there's Revelations is a great song. I, I love the part where, you know, they get to a certain part the music speeds up and then the dual guitar comes in. Like I get, I bought that CD for my daughter and she came back to me and she was like kind of excited. Like I, you got to come hear this. And I was like, okay. So she plays it. And when that dual guitar thing, she goes, I really like that. And I was like, well, if you really like that, then you're really going to like Iron Maiden because there's lots of that. Um, but Revelations, yeah, it's a good song. I, it's it's on Live After Death, obviously, so there's a connection to it there. You know, let me see your lighters out there and all that stuff that, you know, Bruce is yelling through the song. But, yeah, Infinite Dreams, there's that scream. Musically, it, it, it goes off. In a way, Infinite Dreams is a little more similar to musically to Where Eagles Dare than Revelations is. Because Revelations has the slow part and then the fast part and then it goes back to the slow part. Mm -hmm. Infinite Dreams kind of is all over. It's like got three or four different things musically that are going on in it. And it's all very interesting. And um, it's like I said, the lyrically is part of a cool story. And of course, the lyrics of Revelations are very poetic and nice. But yeah, for me, I, I'm going Infinite Dreams as well. I... Um, and and that's not necessarily an easy choice because to me, the first song is a hard choice. The second song is a difficult choice. We're not at number three yet, so I won't say anything there. But these but neither one of these is like a slam dunk. You're not going, oh yeah, no doubt. But in a way, I feel like what Kirsty said where um I kind of knew it was gonna be infinite dreams without well I was going to say, you mentioned one thing too about, you know, it being on live after death. So one of the things that I had taken into account was the pacing of the song itself, because the studio version is very different to the live version. You know, yeah, it's so much better live. It I is. I like when, that, when they have the gap and everyone cheers in it, uh -huh. mm -hmm. rather than hearing nothing there. So. Yeah. so if they had had that pace on Peace of Mind... I don't know which way I would I would honestly say I don't know which way I would have gone but yeah. because of the pacing on the album the way it is that's partially why it goes to infinite for me as well yeah okay okay well 
So that gives us a running total so far of two to nothing. Now the next one is, can I play with madness versus flight of Icarus? And another flight of Icarus obviously is another song that was on live after death. So it benefits or doesn't benefit from the pacing. So let's see. Can I, I'll go first on this one. Can I play with madness versus infinite? I'm sorry. Infinite versus flight of Icarus. Both of these songs, I think, and this is the same songwriting duo on both of these, Kirsty. I think Can I Play With Madness is all three of them. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And then Flight is just Bruce and, and uh, Nick, uh, Adrian, so. Yeah. Okay. So Flight of Icarus, the first Iron Maiden song I ever heard um, that made me realize that Iron Maiden were a lot different than I than, than their pictures indicated to me on their album covers. And it's it's a quick. Both of these songs are they're similar because they're both quick. They they were both singles. Um, I like Flight of Icarus a lot. It's got good guitar solos in it. Um, it's this is another song, like Kirsty mentioned with Infinite Dreams, that has another pretty epic Bruce scream at the end of it. <laughs> you know. Yep. Absolutely. Can I Play With Madness starts acapella and sounds very happy throughout the courses. I can't talk tonight. Choruses. Um, Can I Play With Madness uh, was on the first Iron Maiden album that I ever bought brand new when it came out. And I liked it back then enough, I guess, because I was still in that phase where it, they were brand new to me. So you kind of think everything is good, or at least you, we were of the generation where you would put on an album and just play it without mm-hmm. going, I'm skipping this one. Ah, let me, cause we didn't have CDs either. So you couldn't just press one little button. Skipping was a whole lot more back then, especially if it was on a cassette, which is what I had. It was a cassette, but can I play with madness was never a favorite of mine. I, I didn't like it that much back then. It, more not, I mean, it was definitely a, one of my least favorites on the album. Flight of Icarus, I always liked. It was one of my very much favorites on uh, Peace of Mind. So without going into too much other than that, I definitely prefer Flight of Icarus here. Uh, Kirsty, what about you? It's incredible how these have matched up. So you've got the two poppy singles. Um, yeah. Yeah, I found this one quite a lot easier. I uh, I really do like Can I Play With Madness. I had that on vinyl. Um, but I much prefer Flight of Icarus, uh, especially for the epic solos and the ending of Flight of Icarus, when Bruce sings that really long note and Adrian's mm-hmm. solos, just great. And then that scream at the end. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, I just um, much prefer it. That's all I can say, really. <laughs> Pretty easy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Matthew. Can I play with madness? So I like this. Uh, I have no problems that it's a happy little song. Good little solo there in the middle. It's a catchy chorus, but it's no flight of Icarus. (laughs) And even though it's got a slower pace on the album, and it's one that comes to life on Live After Death with that increased pacing, which Mm. I like... The studio version of this never ever bothered me. It just chugs along, and it just, I think in a way it made it sound heavier. 
the fact that it was a little slower on this one. Yeah. And it's one of the things I like. But yeah, like you mentioned, there's some great solos. Like particularly Adrian's solo for me on this I always loved. It's got uh, good background, harmony vocals, and just the whole song is just a little winner for me. But as much as I like Can I Play With Madness, it just doesn't – it just pales in comparison to, to Flight of Icarus, I think. Got it all great. Like you say, great, great Bruce Scream, which uh, as far as his screams go, seems to get underrated. Sometimes I've forgotten. Do, do either of you prefer the version on Live After Death? Oh, I do. It doesn't yeah. bother me to take it either way. Um, but but- they're both good. Uh-huh. Okay, I definitely prefer the studio version. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that because I think the background vocals are terrible on this on the live version because it's hmm. it's probably Steve and Adrian and, no, and maybe it's does. maybe it's Steve that's ruining it for me. But I just usually I've never <laughs> thought that those backgrounds on that the cor- and and Gator, one of the things I love quite a lot louder. Yeah, but one of the things I've always loved is is the when there's the background vocals that are really good on an Iron Maiden album, they, they usually can't duplicate it live because, mm. you know, because Steve and I'm sorry, Adrian <laughs> don't match up with, you know, like Bruce's vocals doubled on an yeah, album. Of course. So, but um, the thing with these two songs is they've both been performed live with background mm-hmm. vocals. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And in that case, Flight of Icarus still wins. <laughs> Well, I'm just going with the studio versions. and uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what we're doing today. Yeah, and even though Flight of Icarus isn't necessarily a happy song, per se, for the chorus, but it is definitely more, it's closer to that than some of these other ones. So Mm. Now that leads us to our, so okay, so far, so now we are at two to one. So two for Seventh Son and one for Peace of Mind. And we're all unanimous so far. So far. Mm. So far. Doesn't happen very often. No. Yeah, I know. I know. So the next one is uh, from Seventh Son, The Evil That Men Do versus Peace of Minds, Die With Your Boots On. Matthew, what do you think of this one? Another tough choice on this one. So the intro to Evil That Men Do, I really, really enjoy that. Uh, Boots, I like that a lot as well, and I don't mind the gang backing vocals on this. I know that some people have a bit of a sticking point on that. Uh, Boots has got some great guitar harmonies on this. Is that Um, your cat's name? Boots? Boots. That'd be a good name for it. Boots. (laughs) I don't don't have a cat, but if I did, I'd call it Boots. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Yeah, so there's some, I like the guitar harmonies in uh, Die With Your Boots On. Bruce has got some some good vocals. Uh, the only parts I didn't like with Die With Your Boots On, though, when they come out of Adrian's solo, he's got a great solo, but it seemed like they were restarting the chorus over and it was one little... It was a bit too much. So, catchy chorus with Evil Let Men Do. Evil Let Men Do has some great lyrics, and mm-hmm. I went with that. Some of those lines that they had in there, the, the seventh lamb slain, you know, her, her eyes... Red with the slaughter of innocence, stuff like that just paints a real picture, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what put it over the edge there for me. Uh, it's good music, catchy chorus, some just really, really remember, uh, memorable lyrics, and that's what I had to go with in the end. And I didn't mind the fact that uh, Evil Let Men Do has a repetitive chorus, 
it's not like on some of the later ones where it gets a bit much. It's just um, yeah. it just works. Great track. And I was kind of concerned. I was like, is this one of those things where everyone likes it and it's just kind of cliche to like it? So this is one that I had to go and listen to. And yeah, it was tough. But I came out with um, thinking that. I, actually, I changed my mind on that. I'd gone from Boots to Evil Let Men Do. Like default would have been Boots. Really? Yeah, it surprised me. But I came back to Evil Let Men Do. That's very surprising, to be honest with you. So, mm-hmm. um, Kirsty. Yeah, it wasn't even close for me. Um, but I, I do really like Die With Your Boots On. One thing I've learned about myself from doing the rankings is that I'm not a gang vocals person. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a really good song, but it's not top tier. And um, the evil that man do, it's just incredible. That's how a love song should be. It's just like fast, aggressive. It's got the gallop. Really great lyrics, like Matt said, um, but also delivered really well. Mm-hmm. Um, nice chorus, great solo, and a great ending. And it's only about four minutes. Yeah, so you're on. never going to get bored. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. The evil that men do for me. Well, this is going to make everything we do a slam dunk so far because to me, it's, it is no contest. I mean, Die With Your Boots On doesn't hold a candle to the evil that men do. I think the evil that men do it, it, it would be very hard to make a top 10 iron maiden songs, but let's say I was making a top 30, 40. Mm. I mean, I think evil that men do would, could very well be in the top 10 because it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's, this is one of those songs that they could play on every tour. I would never get tired of it. It's just an incredible, incredible song. I mean, it starts off, you know, the, what the, the, the melodies, Throughout this whole song, I mean, "Love Is a Razor" and "I Walk the Line" on that silver blade. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole way he's singing that, and then he goes into that, and I will pray for her. I will call her name out loud. That's 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 awesome. You know, then the next, because that's like a pre-pre-chorus. Then there's the mm-hmm. pre-chorus, the living on the razor's edge, balancing on a ledge, and then the chorus. Even though it just repeats the same thing over and over, it's awesome. It's just. Musically, every bit of this song is just incredible. Like this, 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 this song is just top notch. And then "Die with Your Boots On." It's it's a catchy song. It, it musically, you know, it, it starts off with that cool little dual guitar thing that they do, which is really cool. But once it gets going, it's it's a uh, it just it's kind of chugging along. It's a good song. But then, then they get to the like the pre-chorus, you know. If you're gonna die, if you're gonna die, you know the, the, <laughs> those those background vocals to me, hmm, pretty rough, pretty rough. Um, yeah. But the song's okay. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate the song, but it, I would never. I mean, if you asked me, would you want to hear the Evil That Men Do or Die with Your Boots On? It, it, like Kirsty said, this this was this was so far. This is the easiest choice on the entire the entire. Uh, battle to do because the evil that men do uh let's see if there's a hold on i've got the lyrics pulled in front of me i could find uh there's some great lines in there like for how they're not over verbose or anything there's not too many words like in some of the later songs where they're trying to tell a story or whatever and they've got to use a lot of different words and whatever this is kind of it's very descriptive and straight to the point mm-hmm. and just little things like you know um it's not just a razor blade you know the silver just little things that just made it a little bit more special. I thought just some really nice lyrics in there. 
I feel like die with your boots on is innocence. And um, my eyes are red with the slaughter of innocence in this <laughs> battle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so that gives us right now, let's see, we've got the evil that we got three for seventh son and one for peace of mind. And I got to say this moving into this next song. Who went first, Matt? Oh, Kirsty. Oh, Kirsty. You're going to hate me for this, but I think this next one is the toughest battle on the entire, the entire one. Cause I think, uh, these next two are just incredible songs. Both of them, the trooper from peace of mind versus seventh son of a seventh son. And I'm very curious to see how this one goes for both of you. So Kirsty, tell me about it. I'm just going to tell you about a thing I did a couple of years ago on Preference Revealer, um, okay. which is a website. Um, I've been talking with my friend and he asked me what my top 20 was and I wasn't sure. So huh? I put in all the songs that I liked. And it's basically like when you do a poll, you uh-huh. just pick one song over the other song constantly yeah. and at the end it gives you your top 20 okay and this put seventh son as the seventh son at number two for me wow which i was actually very surprised about um but i do i really love the moody bit in the middle with the choir keyboards and the last oh, yeah. four minutes are one of the best moments in maiden of all time um the chorus is pretty repetitive um but i didn't really agree with it and the trooper it kind of changed my life because it was the first Iron Maiden song I heard. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't heard that, I wouldn't be talking to you two. <laughs> kind of makes you kind of have a cleaner. It's house. a little bittersweet, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just love the guitar harmonies and the gallop, and the chorus is really different, but it works really well. And um, I'm just going to have to go with the trooper on this one. Mm, but it was okay. very hard. Okay. Okay. Matthew. Well, no one's going to deny that the troop is a good song, even me. Uh, the troop has got some great lyrics. Tells a, I'm just going to say, story, uh, recounting of a, a battle that's taken place. It's yeah. um, it paints a really good picture, and it's a quick paced song. Uh, it's not that I just like the song; I've just heard it too much. But for me, this was actually the easiest pick because I just think that there's no comparison between the two. So. Seventh Son, yeah, it does have a repetitive chorus. But like Kirsty was saying, that little midsection, that could be seen as a weakness in the song, like it goes too long. But when I listen to that, I just hear the slow build in that. So I like all that first musical section. It's building into something. And what does it build into? Just something that's bombastic. After that comes back out, that musical passage for the last four minutes or whatever mm-hmm. is, to me, it's incredible. It is. So there's a a couple of solos each, you know, from Dave goes from one solo, then there's the the melody back into another solo melody. Adrian solos. It's like each solo gets better as it goes, and the <laughs> music never music just never lets up. And yeah. even at the very end of that song, that bang 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 bang. bang, bang, bang yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just too good. Yeah, you're so, so right, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you do? That's to me, it could just come down to the music on this. It's just so good. So much of it. So your choice is the trooper in number two. Seven, seven son of a seventh son come out on top. 
Yeah. You confused me. I said your choice is, and you said the trooper. (laughs) So your choice is the trooper. At at number two out of these two tracks. Got to go seventh son. Okay, okay. It's down to you, Steve. Can't can't deny how good trooper was, though. Yeah, yeah. So this is the first one that's going to have a uh, split. You're the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker here. Okay. So um, this one was very, to me, very difficult. When I was putting these all in order, it just, you know, removing quest for fire and I'm kind of running down. I'm like, okay, like real quick looking at it going, okay, this one, I'll pick this one. I'll probably pick this one up. Oh no. Cause I was like, nothing could be seventh son of a seventh son. Nothing. Like, I mean, the only thing that could have possibly beat it would have been the evil that men do or Moonchild. but they're on the same team. So it doesn't really matter. So, but then I was like, there's only one song on peace of mind that has any remote chance. And I'll be damned if it's not the one it got paired up against. So, so as I was looking at this, and I was like, "Ooh, seventh!" Like you said, seventh son of a seventh son. It to me that song tells the story of the whole. That tells almost the whole story of the mm-hmm. album. You know, it basically they were like, "Man, we we got to hurry up and get this story out of the way because it's uh, you know, we're halfway through the album, and right now we don't even have the story yet. It's not really all the way out there." And it tells the story. It's like you said, it's it's this, it's just like the song builds and builds and builds and builds and it's stronger. Even the little middle section where you got the keyboards and everything. And it, it, it could be, it could be too long, but you don't, I don't ever, I've never listened to it and thought this is too long. I've never thought that it's just an incredible, incredible song. But then on the other flip side of it, you have the trooper, which I've never grown tired of, unlike Matthew here. I, you know, I mean, it's it's the quintessential just Maiden song. I mean, it's the gallop, like Kirsty said. It's the soloing, the dual solos in it, the story that it tells, and how quickly so many things are jam packed into it. This is this is kind of what Kirsty was saying about the evil that men do. It, it's short, but there's so much going on. You're never going to get bored of it, and, and it's all incredible. Uh, and the chorus, I mean, how many choruses are just, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's incredible. So, like, looking at my my thing right here, this is the only song that when we started that I haven't chosen yet because I th- thought I knew which way I was going to go. And, and really, to me, this song sways the whole album, you know, the whole battle for me because – if I choose seventh son, seventh son is pretty much in a, it's, there's no doubt, a no brainer, no, it's going to win. And then if I pick the trooper, it makes it a little closer, but. <sighs> is it the battle that wins the war? Perhaps. Could be, could be. Um, but for this one here, cause I told, I think I told Kirsty earlier in the week when I told her what we were going to do. And I said, I'm not sure this 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 battle here is going to pan out the way we think it is. <laughs> when I started doing a quick look at everything, but um, uh, I have to just say it like this, Matt, you chose your pick, but I chose Kirsty's too. <laughs> well, <laughs> can't all be right, can we? Is it a tie? I'm going with the trooper. I'm going to go with the trooper. 
I I couldn't argue with either choice. Yeah, I mean, I I was because I, I when I first looked at this, I was I when I wrote down Seventh Son, I was like this. I was like, nothing beats Seventh. Oh no, it's the Trooper. I, <laughs> I really like, like the lyrics in the Trooper too. There's some great lyrics in there. Oh man, yeah, incredible, incredible. I mean. When they did that metal show a few years ago where it was chronicling the history of metal and every single episode started with the trooper. Yeah. I mean, that tells you something about the song, but it's just, if I, I mean, this isn't a battle that I would say the trooper, I want to say the trooper would always win it because I think that I could, I could list that as an all time top Iron Maiden song, but there's sometimes I might would want to hear seventh son over the trooper, the song, but I mean, I just think that in the in a battle between the two, the trooper is just a bit stronger. It's it's, it's maybe it's 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 more compact and does everything that you want it to do a little quicker. But Seventh Son is an epic song that rules. So I mean, but I went with, like I said, I went with the trooper. So uh, okay, so let me let me. Uh, so this is a trooper victory. So let me write down the trooper. Now that makes us what. Is that three to two now? You got Moonchild, Infinite Dreams, and Evil at Mendu. Yeah, so that's three to two right now. So seventh son ahead. And now we go to the sixth one, the sixth battle. And I'll start the sixth one because I've only went first once here. Um, Still Life from Peace of Mind versus The Prophecy. And... The prophecy is a very interesting song. The way it starts and the way it ends, you know, it's it's one of those f- songs that fades out. Mm-hmm. And I've never liked the prophecy very much. It's the you know the way he sings it. I don't like the uh, you know now that I know that the right time has come. My prediction will surely be true. I just I've never thought that was a good. Uh, Melody and now there's some incredible music in it. I mean, as is pretty much every Maiden song. And then Still Life comes and Still Life, you know, as we talked about recently, starts off with the weird, you know, Nico thing. But musically, the song is really, really good. The lyrics, the story of the song is much better than the prophecy it's an all around better song than the prophecy. So even though still life has never been one of my favorites either, I definitely prefer it to the prophecy. So there you go. The prophecy is not going to walk away with a win today, Matthew. Sancy here. What say you Kirsty? Well, I actually really like both of these songs. Um, and it matched up really well, didn't it? Cause it's two Dave Murray tunes. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I I like the vocal melody of the prophecy. And Do um, you? yeah. Okay. And obviously, like everybody, I like the outro, the acoustic outro. Mm-hmm. Um, I like still life more, in spite of the stupid backmasking at the beginning. <laughs> um, it was a real treat because I've heard this live, and when the Iron Maidens played it as well, that was a real treat. They did that live. And I showed the correct response, unlike yourself, when you heard it live recently. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, this was the surprise? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I like the story of still life. That's pretty unusual. Okay. So uh, 
So, Matthew, what do you think? So, the prophecy is an interesting song because it's, I don't know, it's not like you can treat it as a standalone song. It's within the album, it feels like you're moving from one part of the album. It's like a transition. Uh-huh. But I, I never used to care for it much when I first got the album. I, I didn't skip it, I just didn't care for it. Like you mentioned, the vocal melodies, you know, scaling up, scaling down. Yeah. But over time, all the things that I didn't like about it became the things that I really liked about it. So I thought they were all weaknesses, but I was like, well, this is really some strengths Mm -hmm. that they've kind of played into. And I really enjoy the prophecy. The only problem is I like still life more. And (laughs) still life was always a favorite of mine from when I first got peace of mind. I don't care about Nico's little, (laughs) all that sort of stuff at the start. But I did notice listening to this recently that the start of this is similar to another track on uh, Peace of Mind, but I can maybe mention that later. But I don't know. Everything on this, I really like. I love all the music in this. Like mm-hmm. another one of Dave, another Dave Gem is the way I think about this. The only things that I think are a little bit weaker, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the chorus, the nightmares, like those layered vocals on that. Doesn't make it sound cheesy. I just think it takes a little bit away. Uh, takes a little bit of the heaviness of the song away, unless they were trying to go for that. But I'd rather have just heard Bruce solo doing the nightmares part. The little machiney vocals. I think you maybe mentioned that before. They give me peace of mind. Oh it's yeah. That you don't yeah. care for. But that doesn't Terrible. bother me at all. That doesn't oh, bother gosh. me. At all. It's so dumb. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, it's almost it like they. Bother me either. It feels like they just, added that line in on like, well, crap, we got to put the album title somewhere in a song. Where can we fit it? Let's make it stand out. That yeah. Is, doesn't worry me. Uh, but there's some great music in this. And I love the solos in this. Uh, these are probably some of my favorite solos and the rhythm that's going on underneath the solos as well. Love it. Uh, so there's some little interesting drumming. There's a little staccato drumming around the last verse or so that Nico's doing that I really liked before he gets back into like a normal maiden sort of rhythm when the chorus comes back in. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. This, this is just a really cool track. It's one of my favorite maiden tracks. It's one of these things where it doesn't seem to get a lot of a mention unless it's up against something else. I never hear anyone come out and say, oh, you know, still life's one of my favorite tracks. But for me, it, it always has been. So as much as I love both of them, I've got to give this one to still life. Okay. So if you're keeping score at home, now it is what three to three, and we've only got two songs left, guys. Yeah, I so. didn't see. I didn't see it going like this. This no. is that's exactly what I, I said. Um, first when you first suggested it to me, I didn't see it going like this. Yeah, when you first think about it, you're like, oh, this will be a blowout. This will be easy. Yeah, and we've got two songs left. Uh, well, we're skipping. This is where we're skipping Quest for Fire. To, we're putting Sun and Steel, which is a probably a more worthwhile candidate versus the Clairvoyant. So, Matthew, why don't you first tell us what you think between the Clairvoyant and Sun and Steel? The very happy Sun and Steel. Mm-hmm. When you killed your first man at 13. Yeah, it's a good happy jig. That, <laughs> that killer instinct that you have at the age of 13. Yeah. And then you... You make it sound all happy and boppy. Sure. Uh, it was one I didn't care for. It's one of these internet things where if I didn't read anything for years and years before the internet was out, I just took it as another Maiden track that I liked. I didn't care that 
I'd never heard anyone sort of say anything bad about it. Mm-hmm. But then the internet comes around. It's like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's not as cracked up as what I thought it was. Uh, sure. but for this, the clairvoyant uh, was probably what I thought was maybe one of my lesser favorites on Seventh Sun to start with. Mm-hmm. But I've come around on it very recently. I like the little – it's not even a bass intro. The bass line at the start because it just runs throughout the song. And it's not one of those little intros that seems self-absorbent. Like I can put this in here because I'm the bass player and I write all the tracks. And actually, like the red and the black. <laughs> not, not, name, not naming names. <laughs> yeah. But I come to mind. But where it fits the song. But yeah, like red and the black, to me, it's just like, why is that there? But we're not talking about that one. Uh, I like all the guitar melodies in this now. My problem with this originally was the little guitar harmony between mm-hmm. the verses. It's, that's what I didn't like about the song. I used to think, this is just this is not heavy. But then it doesn't need to be heavy. That's part of that craftsmanship. It just took me a while to realize that. Can I ask you a question? You can. Did did this any kind of a change come from a recent memory you had that came <laughs> yeah. along with this where you, song? Where you maybe visited another town and uh, subjected someone to this as soon as certain somebody got into the car? No, actually, if if you remember right, I was in another town. That's what I mean. I, I was in Kansas City, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yes. And, and we had this queued up to play as soon as you got in the car. <laughs> yeah, you were thinking highly of yourself, and you come around the house, pick me up, and oh, here we go, clairvoyant. <laughs> of all the songs I didn't want to hear. Yeah. Well, you know what would have been interesting? This or The Trooper that day. Mm. I don't know what I would have done. But no, I don't know. It's only recently I've come around to really enjoying this song. And I didn't know how you felt about The Trooper at that time, so... No, I'd probably give that to myself. Like, who doesn't like the trooper? Well, you'd find out later on. I just don't care for it as much anymore. Right. But only because I've heard it too much. It's still a great song. Mm-hmm. But no, for this, this has got some really nice music in it as well. And I do like the harmonies in this. Album. And yeah, it's a catchy little song if you listen to Sun and Steel, but I just think it pales a little in comparison when it comes to the clairvoyant. So the track from Seventh Sun for me, clairvoyant. Oh, that's surprising. I did not see that happening, Matt. No, I had a real appreciation for Sun and Steel after I saw Made in Texas play it. I was like, oh, this yeah. could have been really good. But yeah. you know what? They didn't play it, and maybe there's a reason why. It's like, yeah, clear point. Could be. Could be. Kirsty. Yeah, these are these are pretty different songs. So in a way, it's, it's sort of like Seventh Sun versus The Trooper. They're quite hard to compare. Um, but they do have something in common. Really great choruses that aren't repetitive and you can sing along to. They've both got that. Mm-hmm. Um, Sun and Steel. It's just a lot of fun. Um, but as soon as the bass intro started on the clairvoyant, I knew that's the one I like better. It's just a lot more sophisticated. Yeah. But, um, I don't have too much to say about that. Okay. Okay. Well, for me, the, th- the bass intro doesn't do anything for me. Per se, I mean, I like, I don't hate it. I like it, I guess, because I've always just kind of thought, oh, it's here, it's, it's an Iron Maiden song, and here's what it is. I mean, they do that on old songs too, you know, like we were talking earlier about Innocent Exile and uh, Killers and things like that. But t- to me, oh, Cookie likes it too. Okay, this this battle was, I, I kind of had the same dilemma, well, a dilemma that I thought Matt was going to have. With Sun and Steel, because I also heard Made in Texas play it. I remember the first time I heard it, I was just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe they're playing Sun and Steel. And, you know, you hear it. It's a song you've heard 
for what, 30, 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've always liked Sun and Steel, even though it's a little happier in the chorus. It's just, it's quick pace. It's fast. It's just what I've always liked because the verses are not happy. You know, you killed your first man at 13 killer instinct, animal Supreme, you know, all that is just, it's a good kind of darker thing of vocals, but then the chorus comes in as a little happier. Now the clairvoyant is one that I always, always liked it when I first heard it. Uh, the way Bruce sings the, uh, the first verses. Well, first let's go back the baseline, little baseline at the beginning. That's never really, I've never loved it or hated it, but I always thought it was kind of cool, I guess. But the way he sings, you know, feel the sweat break on my brow. Is it me or is it shadows that are dancing on the wall? The, the, the darkness, the dark way that that sounds, you know, like the minor key type of effect that that has the way the, it just doesn't sound happy. It's just, and then, you know, then you get to, I guess what would have to be called the chorus, you know, there's a time to live and a time to die when it's time to meet the maker. And do y'all remember seeing the video for that back in the day? Yeah. And the whole crowd was just bouncing on that chorus. Mm. Oh man. And that chorus is, is just great. And how many times have we said that line, you know, you know, as soon as you're born, I said, I said to that, I said that to my wife today, this, you know, cause she said, are you alive or dead? Well, I said, well, as soon as you're born, you're dying, you know? So, there's a, I've said, you know, there's a time to live and a time to die. It's very um, philosophical. It's just very uh, tried and true. Something good you could say that make you sound intelligent, even though it's just something simple. It's it's a good statement you could play put up on your wall. <laughs> you know, make most you people have. Deep. Yeah, most people have live, laugh, and love. I'd like to have that on my wall. There's a time to live and a time to die. So, but man, the chorus is awesome. The verses are awesome. The only thing that I don't really like is the very last line of the song. And be reborn again. And just the way, you know, all that. I've never really liked that. Even though I like it musically, I don't like that whole, that line just is dumb to me the way he sings it. I never really cared for that part, but definitely not enough to sway my vote for the clairvoyant. So so this is where we have another, uh, all three of us have voted for the one track, even Matthew. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that leaves us with one more song to go through here. And this is the song. Now I, I said earlier that the trooper versus uh, seventh son was the one that was going to win the battle or not, but really this here, this last song and, and the last two here we got, to tame a land and only the good die young. And honestly, this is another tough battle for me. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but, um, Kirsty, this is where it, well, like I said, this is where it gets decided. We're at four to three right now. Seventh son, seventh son is four. Piece of mind is three. And as, We've all said we didn't think it was going to actually go this way. We thought this was going to be a slam dunk. I did. Kirsty did. Matt, did you think this was going to be a slam dunk? Yeah, I thought it was going to be uh, railroaded in one direction. Yeah, yeah. So so here we are at the very end, and it's uh, four to three. So this one here will either tie it. A, a, a to tame a land victory ties it at four to four. 
or only the good die young winning, uh, steamrolls it at five to three. Not steamrolls it, but you know what I mean? So Kirsty worries me now. You're worried? Yes. Because you know what happens if this if this song if only the good die young wins, Matthew. Uh huh. Or if to tame a land wins, Matthew. And then you have to go back on Twitter next week with Dean. Oh, jeez. Well, hang on. Speaking of Dean, because Dean has left another quote here talking about Seventh Son. Okay. The Seventh Son. Let's just see. What did Dean King 2 say? <laughs> Let's see. He asked, my God, what are you going to do this week? He's like, rate Seventh Son of a Seventh Son as the greatest metal album of all time. He had some other words probably before and after that, but they didn't really mean anything. So I'll just take your statement as a uh, seventh son of a seventh son is the greatest metal album, Dean. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for your work. Love it. Keep them coming. Well, I've already said it's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. But not well, of all time, I guess, but my favorite Maiden album. It's difficult to say one album is the greatest of all time, but I will say this. Mm. I, I said, I alluded to this earlier, that there was, I usually don't, you know, come up with, I, I usually don't take my ideas from comments that I see on Twitter, but I'd kind of been thinking about doing something like this. And when I saw that, it just was like, <laughs> I'm doing that. Let's just, we, we, I've been wanting to do an album battle, but I really wasn't planning on pitting these two albums together. And when I saw that, I was like, I, I text, I think I told you that same night, Matt, or the next day I, yeah. I told Kirsty that night. I texted her. I said, Hey, we are doing peace of mind versus, versus seventh son next time. So. As soon as I saw that comment from him. And I so. said, good luck, peace of mind. Exactly. That's what and, I here, and here we are with mm. track eight that could either tie it or win it for Seventh Son. Tie it for peace of mind or win it for Seventh Son. So, Kirsty, let's see where, we'll see what direction we're going to head here. Yeah, well, to tame a land, it's an epic with some amazing musical passages. And it's got those eastern scales like the Nomad and the Parchment that invoke mm-hmm. the sand. Brilliant heavy riffs and an interesting bass line. I could see why it's a lot of people's favourites. Um, but Only the Good Die Young has always been one of my favourites. Um, that preference for me, I had it in my top 10. Entertainment Land didn't even make top 20. Mm. And it guess Only the Good Die Young, it's just a tighter, more aggressive song. And the lyrics in it are incredible. This wins hands mm. down on lyrics. Bruce delivers them so well. And the lyrics in Tamer Land, they're a bit like Alexander the Great. It's just a list of words that are difficult to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, oh, and another point is my dad's favorite Iron Maiden song of all time is Only the Good Diane. Really? Yeah. And if you'd asked me last week, when you asked me to do this, I would have said Only the Good Diane. But you gave me a week's notice. So I made a playlist, and I've been playing both of these all week. And I'm a convert. As of today, it's to tame a land. Wow. Oh, you're making me feel bad, Kirsty. <laughs> wow. you didn't listen to them. Because you're throwing doubt into my pick. So. I throw doubt into my own pick. So this is your dad's favorite Iron Maiden <clears throat> song? Yeah, to tame a land. Good day young, and I'm picked to tame a land. Oh wait, oh his is only oh, oh. Yeah. Um, hold on, I just gotta say something here, Mr. Prince. I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, know either. 
Okay, so that's one vote, Matthew, for to tame a land. Mm-hmm. You're up, Kip. Ooh, okay. So two songs that I really, really like, and I, I struggle to compare these two because one has it's just it's not a, I wouldn't call it an epic, but it's a solid longer length track versus only the good die young. It's a bit shorter, a little bit sharper. There's some great lyrics in, um, I was going to say to Tame Land, in Only the Good Die Young. Like Kirsty was saying, some of the lyrics, they're just delivered, and it's basically just taking parts of what the, the song's about, so the movie tune, and giving you the little facts, just bang, 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 punching them out. So lyric-wise, I would give it to, or delivery-wise, I'd probably give it to Only the Good Die Young, but I do love some of the passages here in Tatama Land, like Bruce's vocal delivery in some of this is awesome. So where he's saying he has the power to make it all end. Mm-hmm. Love it. He just belts that part of it out. Yeah. Uh, after that, you got Bruce's, I don't know, Bruce, Steve's bass lines are just everywhere. Further down the song into um, Only the Good Die Young. Mm-hmm. Love the outro of this. I love all the music in it, but um, I don't know. I like to tame a land more. Hey, right from the very start, like you mentioned, that it gives me that feeling of sand blowing across a desert. It has a real flavor to it, and can't deny it. They're both good songs, but I've got to give it to to tame a land by a nose, which surprises me. And I thought I was going to go back on my pick at one point when Kirsty was talking, and I just kept thinking through it and. As much as I want Seventh Son just to clinch it easily, <laughs> on this one I can't do it. It's really hurting me deep inside. Wow. It really is. It's like I'm struggling. Even as I'm trying to get it all out now, I can't process the fact that I'm going against my album, Dean's album. You're the going for The People's album. <laughs> you calling Dean the People? Uh, he, well, you know, I'm not going to say Dean's not part of the people. Yeah, he is um, part of the people, so. He is. He's one of the people. But no, I'm going to have to go to Tame a Land just by a nose, surprisingly. Wow. That is surprising. Um, so to Tame a Land, I mean, I've, I've stated my opinions about it before. But musically, uh, you get to the very end of the song. I think the best part of the song, this this is a little similar, uh, not quite nearly the same way as the red and the black, but man, once you get to that ending, you know, where he has the power to make it all end. Mm -hmm. And then the music is like, and then it goes into that just quick paced musical thing that happens at the end of the song, just long, long musical passages. That's just, it's just incredible. You know, and the the way he sings the lyrics, you know, the melody, which I have the lyrics in front of me. So, you know, like where he, I I had, I've never seen these lyrics before. He rules the sandworm, sandworms and free men in a land amongst the stars of an age the tomorrow. Fremen. It's not the Fremen. Fremen. It's the Fremen. The Fremen. Okay. Uh Body water is your life, and without it, you would die in the desert, the planet, Dune. Like, to me, there's too many lyrics. It, it, this this kind of 
is something similar to Eagles. Where Eagles Dare, where it's a cool song and the music, the, the, the way he sings the verses sound good. Um, without a still suit, you would fry on the hat sen- on the with <laughs> without a still suit, you would fry on the sand so hot and dry in the world called Era Kiss. It is a land that's rich in spice, the sand riders and the mice that they call the Muad'Dib. Muad'Dib. Oh boy, here we go. Uh, this this is uh I, this is I the, can't let I can't let these little things slip. You can't because I'm singing this next part. No, I'm doing the me, next part. For me and James. It's got to do I'm it doing right. this. I'm doing this next part just for James. <laughs> he oh, he is the boy. You don't gonna get this. He is the. <laughs> Come Sorry, on. Let him do it. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> he is the quiz. <laughs> this is where hooked on phonics is really gonna pay off. <laughs> he is the quiz. He is the. Qu- he is the quizach Hadarak. He is wow. born of Kaladan and will take the Gom Jabbar. <laughs> Those got to be the worst lyrics ever I'm, in an Iron Maiden song. I'm pretty sure song. this is why they don't do it live. <laughs> yeah. He is the Quizach Hadarak. He is born a Kaladan and will take the Gom Jabbar. He has can the I power to it? foresee. Can I, can I do that, please? Yes, do it. Do it. He is the Quizach Hadarak. He is born of Kaladan and he will take the Gom Jabbar. Well, what was but I you saying? Pretty, you were pretty close, though. I said the Quizach. Quizach. And what, how did you say that word? Quizat's Hatterack. Quizat's Hat. Oh, I said Hatterach. Hatterach and Caledon. Sorry, James, but um, yeah, these James lyrics. Is, James is letting the tools fly right now in his garage. Yeah, he's, he's in the garage. He probably he probably just ripped off the carburetor <laughs> of his car or something. <laughs> he drilled a hole through his through the engine or something. Oh man. Now I but musically, just listening to the song and not paying attention to the lyrics, which is pretty much what I do when I listen to that song. Because I just, there's no way I would ever be able to sing that at the same time. I mean, maybe I could. I don't know. Maybe there's hope for me. But um, let's move over to the other song, though. Only the Good Die Young. The This song um, starts off pretty interesting sounding because it starts off with that that dual lead line. You know, that bum, 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 and it sounds like it's going to be a happy song until Bruce kicks you and says no the demon in your mind will rape you in your bed at night i mean and the the way he sings that is just is is nasty yes uh then the time it waits for no man my future it is revealed that's great then he goes right back into it if i cancel tomorrow the undead will thank me today these lyrics are really cool fly in the face of your prophets i mock your morality plays that's just cool the moon is red and bleeding. The sun is burned and black. Man, that is just some mm-hmm. fantastic lyrics. The chorus, the chorus is, isn't the best chorus. I mean, there's better choruses on the album, but it's cool. I like the me- I like the guitars. You know, like toward the end, only the good die young. You know, then a mystery madman, a victim of cruel charade. Gets to the next line, you know, is death another verse? Uh, is death another birthday? A way to kiss your dreams goodbye? That's really cool. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool lyrically. And I would just say, oh God, walking on water are miracles all you can trust. Measure your coffin. That's what I need to put painted <laughs> on my wall. Measure your coffin. Does it measure up to your lust? <laughs> You'd have to marry an, I'd have to, to I would that. have had to marry an Iron Maiden fan to be able to get away with that one, I think. <laughs> 
I tell you um, what, Andy Steve's going to have some serious uh, thoughts about you if you start doing stuff like that. Yeah, no kidding. She'll be her family comes over to visit and they see where it says measure your coffin. Does it measure up to your list? They go, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and then you know, and then they look at her hand and it says help me written on it or something in a marker. Uh, help. I was help. thinking, Andy Steve, Andy Steve might leave you a message. So I think I'll leave you, and that'll be it. Yeah, exactly. She'll be like, so I think I'll leave you. With your iron and your maidens, whatever. So, yeah, but for me, this was pretty much no contest. Only the good die young. Um, I think if only for lyrically, it destroys the other song. I mean, I know the other song is about a movie that you know that. It's I about still, a book, actually. A book that that yeah yeah. It's about a book that was made into uh, what two movies now, Matt? Yeah. Uh yeah. It's been. Down in a few different ways, yeah. So, all that said, all that said, waffling as usual here, that puts us at a four to four tie. The album that, well, if, if you were going with only my votes, it would be five to three. But since you guys are included and you just outvoted me on number eight, it's a four to four tie. So, Think, guys, think. What do we do? I mean, we can't, you can't, you can't have a tie, right? No, not in this day and age. I mean, what, what's a, what's a fair way to do this? Do we rock, paper, scissors? Do we, um, flip a coin to decide? Um, well, hmm. if you've got, could we rock, paper, scissors? Hmm? <laughs> the honor system? <laughs> yeah, it would be the honor system. So, We'd have to go. We'd have to go do a. Uh, we'd have to flip over to video to do that, I guess. Mm. But I wonder. Well, I got a question. Uh, so, yeah. because at the moment, then, so peace of mind. Would you say is it four each? Is that what you said? It's four four right now. So did peace of mind clinch a save, or did Seventh Son give up a loss? Because I would have expected Seventh Son to just decimate this, and it didn't really turn out that way. Yeah. Once I started getting into it, so did yeah. it lose, or did did Peace of Mind somehow scramble a save in this? Do you think? Well, I'm trying to look at. Um, I, I just thought of a way to maybe uh, figure this out because both of these both of these albums have B sides, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Or maybe we could just talk about the flow and the vibe. Yes. <laughs> because I think one has a much better flow and vibe than the other. And you know what else? Hmm. One of them. Let's just do a pretend change of pace real quick here. Let's just pretend that we left Quest for Fire in. Okay? Mm-hmm. So in this battle. It doesn't change anything, really, because Quest for Fire goes against the Clairvoyant, which already beat Sun and Steel, which is already a better song. That would move Sun and Steel to being up against Only the Good Die Young. How would you guys have voted that one? Only the Good Die Young. I would have done the same. Yeah, I would have done the same. Okay. So if you did it that way, then we already know uh, Seventh Son would have won five to three, and To Tame a Land is just the unfortunate... Uh, piece left but, off. Which would you rather to tame a land or nothing? I'd rather have to tame a land. 
than nothing. But since we left off Quest for Fire, <laughs> I just feel like because Quest for Fire is on peace of mind, it automatically lowers it. So oh. I'm going to go ahead and say winning because peace of mind is disqualified because of Quest for Fire. <laughs> Too, too many players on the field. Too many, too many players on the, on the field. Seventh <laughs> son of a seventh son is hereby awarded this battle victory. Yay. And and listen, let's just, let's just, even if we were not doing that, if, if you guys were going to go to a desert island and you could only take one of these albums, which album are you taking with you? Seventh son. Matt? Seventh son. Yeah, exactly. So seventh son. But you know what? Like you guys both said, and like I said, this this is this was a lot closer than we expected it to be. Definitely. So. But you know it was cool when I finished my playlist of Peace of Mind Seventh Son Battle, <laughs> Starblind came on. Oh, that and that's so how she felt happy. afterwards, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but I think here, if like you said, when you listen. To moon, uh, um, when you listen to Peace of Mind, it the songs don't just flow together. You know, especially when you've got Quest for Fire in the middle there, not in the middle, but you know, closer to the end. And Die with Your Boots On is not a great. Like maybe w- would you say that the the highs are higher on, but the lows are also lower on Peace of Mind. Yeah, only because so like, yeah, like Christy said, the vibe and the flow. So you'd be right there. The highs are high, but yeah. then the lows are a little lower. Whereas to me, Seven Sun, forget the lyrical ties. Musically, it seems to blend better yeah, across the yeah, album. For sure. So I put it down to that. Yeah, if if Quest for Fire was up against there's no song that Quest for Fire would have beat. Even it wouldn't even beat "Can I Play with Madness." <laughs> so what about um, "Prophecy"? So you would still go "Prophecy." I, w- I would probably go for yeah, because at least the "Prophecy" doesn't have a terrible chorus. It doesn't have the terrible, you know, even the vocal melody of "Quest for Fire." You know, the, take out that he's saying dinosaurs, even though I'm going to have to use that word. You mm-hmm. know, in a day when dinosaurs ruled the earth, it just sounds dumb. I, I don't like it. I mean, it sounds better than me, obviously, but uh, <laughs> I don't dislike I just, it. I just don't rate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't dislike it, but it's not that great. But think about how the chorus. Even I don't goes. care about the dinosaurs. Drawn by Quest for first. It's just not. It's not because a great. I think it's about a movie, and I'm not sure if dinosaurs yeah. are in it or not because I've never watched it. Yeah, that's where we were talking about the Ringo Starr movie, right? Matt? Yeah, I don't think it was that. Yeah, it was, the, it was something different. Yeah, something there are there are monsters in it or something. I haven't ever watched the movie though, so it could be yeah. could be accurate to put dinosaurs. In there. So in our hearts, <laughs> Seventh Son <laughs> is the winner. In reality, because of Quest for Fire, Seventh Son is the winner. <laughs> and if only to upset somebody, Seventh Son is the winner. <laughs> I just think. That what did you call hit- it, Matt? What did well, he call it, Matthew? The greatest metal album of all time. Is that what he said? I think that's what he said. I was just going back to have a look. Yeah, re- take a reread on that. And make sure. What are you going to do this week? Rate seven. <laughs> rate seven. Sun as the greatest metal album of all time. 
Like oh, said, there you go. Couple, That's what... There was a couple of yeah. words after that, but the rest of what he said. Yes, we are. Thanks for the idea, matter. Dean. It's <laughs> almost like he was asking us to do it. Was there a question mark there? Do you know, Dean, you don't need to be ashamed to be a fan of this album. Just come yeah. out and say it. Yeah. Just come out and admit it. You got to, you know, you have a secret you want to tell us. Go ahead. You know, I mean, you like it's a Seventh Sun? It's a safe space. You like Seventh oh. Sun better than you like Peace of Mind. Come on. It's okay. We're here for you. <laughs> oh, guys, that's funny. Well, with all of that said, I guess, guys, we are done. We've rated it. We now all know. I mean, not that any of us doubted it. We I kind think it's of, been we, written. Yeah. So it shall be written. So it shall be done. Mm-hmm. So, Matthew, with all of that said, on behalf of myself, on behalf of the uh, translator, the official translator and official historian of Uncle Steve's Armand's own Kirsty, on behalf of the thong guru, Matthew. On behalf of the Kwisatz Haderach. Oh, good Lord. On behalf of the seventh son. On behalf of the seventh son of a seventh son. <laughs> On behalf of Iron Maiden, and from Eddie, and from the boys. And because you mentioned the quiz that had that guy, I want to say, and on behalf of James, too. (laughs) So it shall be written. So it shall be done.
<laughs> he. <laughs> okay. Matthew. I was so flat. He's. Like I'm. I'm good. You know. Nah. <laughs> you're you're bad, Matthew. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is where we're going to start the battle here. Okay. So. <clears throat> okay. Let me. What did I say a minute ago? I said this is the meat of the episode. Okay. okay. Hey, look, Sarah's back. Tell her dad's like Liam Neeson. If something happens, it will be taken care of. Do you know who Liam Neeson is? Okay, he, she doesn't know who that is. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's another? Did you go and see Doctor Strange? Sarah saw Doctor Strange. I haven't seen it. She went and saw it without me. Fort Worth. Fort Worth, yeah. Do you she... want to? Kirsty knows our address. She can tell you. Is Sarah going to go see Top Gun? Uh, Matt, I, I'll tell you something that you may be surprised to hear. Uh huh. She I've never seen. I've never seen the first one. <laughs> I don't care. No, I've, I've. I'm not really. I've seen bits of the first one, but I don't. Does, does not I just decided I don't like it without having watched it properly. I'm yeah. not interested in seeing the second one. I don't. Are you going, Sarah? Do you want to see Top Gun? Matt said. Sarah. Top Gun. <laughs> She's checked all the way out. She's not interested in it. She said, "What about you, Kirsty? Have you seen the Doctor Strange?" Yeah. Did you like it? Yes, very much. Very much? And I watched One Division as well. Um, if One you could Div- watch One Division first and then see it, that would make more sense. Yeah. But I did it the other way around. Sarah, do you know what One Division is? is what is what is One Division? On Disney. Wanda it's Vision. like Wanda. Oh, Wonder Vision. Yeah. Wanda Vision. Yeah, it's not a math problem. <laughs> I'm not very smart. Sarah's over here laughing her head off because I was calling it one division. <laughs> oh my God, do you hear her? Yeah. Listen. She's covering her mouth like Matt trying to hide it. It sounds like an asthma attack. <laughs> Matt said, are you having an asthma attack? <laughs> what are you doing? She is across the room from me too. Yeah. You okay, Sarah? Okay, so you saying it, it would be better to watch one division first? Yes. Not one division. Yeah. Yeah, Wanda vision. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>